The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of on to the next one yes it is officially summer of 2023 the mma schedule most notably the ufc schedule is ramping up we're on the road to international fight week and the summer slate kicked off officially for the ufc on saturday with some early day mma yes ufc jacksonville Saw a couple of up-and-coming fighters announce their arrivals. This was probably the most no-gray-area card that I can remember, where the fights were either excellent and fun or awful and brutal, and there was no in-between. But we are here to talk about it all from a matchmaking perspective. I am Mike Heck, and here he is, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, and damn it, he's my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. AK, how are you, my man? What's up? What's up, my best friend, Mike Heck? Uh, you were there. You were there. You were in. You were in Duval, Duval County. Uh, <laughs> how exciting! And yeah, listen. Uh, I, I, there's just there was just a different energy around the event before, after. People watched the post-fight show. Uh, Shaheen, Casey, and I just had a little more, a little more pep in our step. You know, we're not up at friggin' two, three in the morning uh, doing post-fight stuff. It was nice. It was nice. And and as you said. If you just kind of slice, if you if you slice this card right down the middle, and you just took the more positive half, uh, pretty pretty fun card to watch. This is the thing. This is what thirteen. We ended up with thirteen fights. They're not all going to be winners. This is this is one of the problems with with. So I th- I feel like modern MMA these days is it's just too long. The shows are way too long. I shouldn't say modern MMA because shows are, you know MMA shows have always been long, but I think the whole. Um, I don't know, feeling like you have to be locked in from the first prelim to the last. And if you are and you enjoy it, great. But I do think 
it's somewhat of a slog, uh, especially if there's any fans that were in there from the arena, uh, you know, from in the arena from the first fight to the last. I know that's not everybody, but there's definitely some people who show up for the first prelim. Um, Mike, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't sure. I heard the crowd was harping on the, uh, sorry, the commentators were harping on the crowd a little bit, like, because not, not always being the most energetic for the entire, the duration of like the 13 hour card. What was the, what was your vibe? Um, I know you're probably running around a little bit, but like, did you sense the crowd was what, uh, peaking or were they d- d- a little out of it at times? What do you think? I think they, at certain points, they, just booed right away. Like, I think <laughs> 30 oh. seconds into the Emmett Taporia fight, they were booing. Oh. And it was just weird. Like, it was just very weird. But when things are happening, they were up. Like, they, it was it was pretty electric in there. The It was announced that there was, like, 14,000 people there. AKA, I'm here to tell you, there was not 14,000 people no. there. There's no. no effing way that there, there were 14,000 people there. Uh, maybe 10. Maybe. And I don't even know if they had 10 in there. Um, but people were into it. They were there from the first fight. Uh, very loyal fans. A lot of Floridians were in attendance to see uh, Cedriquez Dumas and Phil Rowe and fighters like that. Uh, but boy, were they into the co-main event. They were very much into the main event. Josh Emmett got over like Rover, man. That dude just took so much punishment. And he was a star. When he got up in the fourth round... After getting 10-7 on one of the judges' scorecards, I mean, that place was ready to name him the mayor of Duval. They were ready to name him the mayor, the president of Duval County. They loved them some Josh Emmett. So, yeah, there were no gray area crowd. If they hated something, they unanimously hated it. And if they loved it, everybody loved it. It was it was pretty. It was just a pretty interesting card. And maybe it's just the early day of May. Maybe it's just the vibes. Maybe people had a few too many libations early in the in the hot jacksonville sun i don't know man but uh yeah they were interesting but that's good that's how it should be you're just telling me they reacted well to the good stuff and they didn't care one crap about the the bad stuff and again it's nice when you have crowds who are like kind of you know able to maintain a high energy all the way throughout we've we've certainly seen like i don't know london if you go to like you know the uc london cards i I don't i'm sure there were low points but you know our our memory of those events is like man that london crowd just from beginning to end was just you know through the roof and and maybe it wasn't that way in jacksonville but that's okay that's okay uh, fans should not be obligated to cheer for a methodical encounter between neil magny and phil rowe there's that was bad man they've paid their ticket they paid their ticket I don't like booing fights like that, and I assumed I assumed there was some booing. I didn't. I wasn't. I, don't, I think I didn't have my always have my audio on when I was watching the show. Um, I assumed there there was probably some booing, and you know I don't love that, but certainly having a negative reaction to a fight that's you know light in sheer entertainment value is fair. Is fair. So I'm not going to criticize the good people of Jacksonville for that because um yeah, 13 fights is a lot of fights, and like you said, some of them were fights. They were fine. You know they're perfect. <laughs> They're perfect. We're, listen, we're not going to be talking about Neil Magny, Phil Rowe at the end of the year. We're not going to be talking about Randy Brown and Wellington Terman at the end of the year. And it's nothing. It's nothing to say like all oh, these guys are bad fighters. The fights were just unmemorable. They they were unmemorable. Good for the guys who won. Sorry for the guys who lost. But it's a thirteen fight card. You know, it's very rare that every fight's going to be something to write home about. Yeah, it started with Dumas and Brunage. Very that was tough. Tough fight to watch. Jenkins and Emmers is fun. Chepe Mariscal and Trevor Peak was just the most chaotic thing I've ever seen in my life. That fight was, that was Griffin Bonner esque, where you just wanted to like tell your friends that, listen, I know you don't watch fights, but like watch this fight. It's so ridiculous. Uh, Tre- Josh Trevor Van- Peak, 
Trevor yeah, Peak, there's no angle from which he won't throw a punch. It's tremendous. He was like he was like on one foot. He was like he would get punched like he's like getting punched like wobbling around. He's like nope, I feel like I can still land a haymaker. It wouldn't even come close. He would just throw a haymaker and miss by like three feet. But one day one of those going to land. My God, yeah. Josh Van gets his first UFC win. That was Good a for him. pretty fun fight. And then it just kind of went downhill a little bit. Tabitha Ricci, Jillian Robertson. We ain't going to be watching that again. Uh, Batush Rebecki. That was just kind of vicious. What he was doing with the leg kicks. Everybody got transferred on this card, too, AK. Like, half the card got transferred saw, and yeah. did not. <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, we normally, you know, we, we try to, uh, you know, provide uh, winners' interviews on MAFighting.com and MAFighting YouTube. And every other fight, it was Mike sending us a message like, nope, first going to the hospital. Let's go. They're going to the hospital. <laughs> going to the hospital. So, you didn't really have to do a lot of, you get a lot of, a lot of chance to do a lot of backstage interviewing. Yes, Rebechki transferred. Randy Brown transferred, and I'm like, oh my god, this is wild. <laughs> but let's let, let's we'll, we'll get into the UFC card in a minute. But AK, uh-huh. I feel like I feel like we started this show for a reason. I feel like this became a show for a reason, and it dawned on me Saturday morning that maybe we need to expand our matchmaking horizons. Maybe we need to. Think outside of the box. Maybe go off of the interwebs and into the front offices. Because the Professional Fighters League, they need matchmakers badly. And I think they need to call us because they are the laughing stock of the sport right now because of what happened. Everybody, I'm sure, is well aware of everything that went down Friday night uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. We had Natan Schultz against Haush Monfio. They had a regular season fight. They're like best buds. They're godfathers to each other's kids. We knew exactly what this fight was going to be weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago when it was announced. And the fight was actually worse than we thought it was going to be. It was a play sparring match. It was so terrible. It was any card on this UFC fight card was better than this. And that includes Cody Brundage versus SD Dumas. Like, all of it was better than this. It was so bad. And then we find out Saturday morning that both fighters are suspended. I believe Natan Schulte was supposed to be in the playoffs. He is ousted from the playoffs. And now Shane Burgos is in the playoffs. Just out of nowhere. We're just suspending fighters, taking away wins. We're taking all of your points away. That's like us taking Otto points away from everybody and then giving them to somebody else. And Shane Burgos is in the playoffs. AK, what the hell is going on here? Every time we have this... And the number two discussion is so stupid. Like, we've talked about it a million times. Like, who? we're number two. No, 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 we're number two. I don't think PFL is number two today, man. This is a bad thing, man. This is a bad look. Really, really bad. And I don't know what Don, what graphic Don Davis's graphics department can build and put together that is going to dig them out of this hole. I, I like the PFL. I'll, I'll be, I, I've supported the league from the beginning. I have liked the idea of a format, just someone doing something different, just an organization doing something different in the MMA space, but also familiar because, you know, their whole thing is they're modeled after, oh, you know, look, we want to be like a major league sport, regular season playoffs. And I'm like, that's cool. Like maybe maybe you can, um, you know, attract a different kind of fan. So I, li- I like the league, but this was, when, I, when we saw this news, we were just unanimously like, this is wrong. Like, this is wrong. Um, I, 
even even uh, when the fight was happening, you know, I was I was I don't think I was watching the fight, but I was keeping up on social media. I just saw a lot of reactions to it. Even people who were kind of mocking the fight were like very aware. They're like, you guys know, like everyone seemed to be aware. Like, yeah, we know why this fight is bad. Like, we're criticizing Schulte and Manfio, sure, but we're more so criticizing the PFL. So PFL really took it on the chin, like right away. This is even before again the the decision they made later. Um. And then when the news came out and they released the statement, they're like, oh, this fight wasn't up to standards and this is what's in the contracts that the fighters are expected to do. It didn't help things. It didn't help things. Like, <clears throat> it just, it made this them seem so even more, they seemed cold and clinical and corporate when they booked this fight. And then just releasing a statement about it after to explain their decision of suspending both fighters, it just made it worse. It just made it so much worse. Like, these are human beings. These are human beings. These are not robots. You can't so cleanly define how do you cleanly define like well they didn't you know they didn't they, they didn't use their tools enough they didn't use their tools enough. i use the example of, of of phil rowe and and neil magny last uh, on saturday at uc jacksonville obviously there was i think there was a little more intent for both guys to win the fight there but it's not like watch that magny rowe fight. it's not like either guy was swinging for the fences aggressively going for submissions they're both fighting they're both fighting their fight and that's fine um but that fight was pretty low intensity too. So can the UFC go like, well, we didn't feel like Neil Magny nor Phil Rowe uh, really did enough to try and win this fight. So we're, you know, we're withholding Neil Magny's win, win purse. Like, can they do that? Can they? I don't know what the language is in the UFC contract. So it's just it's such a slippery slope. And and I just I just hated, like you said, Schulte and Manfield best friends. Uh, uh, Schulte is the godfather to Manfield's child. Schulte, with the million dollars he won from the first season, helped to pay. Man feels bills. He put food on this man's table. He put a roof over this man's head. What did you think was going to happen when you had them fighting in a non-tournament fight? If this was the tournament, I guarantee, you know, with either one fight away or in the final, literally fighting for a million dollars, I guarantee you get a much better fight. And you have a story to sell there, too. But randomly matching them up in the regular season just made no sense from a promotional standpoint, uh, from a fairness standpoint. It's so horrible. Did you see uh, our, our pal, Daniel Rubenstein, did you see what he mentioned regarding the commission? No, the only because this all this all happened like literally when I got to Jacksonville, I left my house too early and I got to Jacksonville too early, and I was like, "Well, what am I going to do for the next hour and a half?" Mike, you can never get look, to Jacksonville too early. You can never get to Jacksonville too that's early. That's true, but I mean, when you're in that area where the arena is and there's like six people there, there's not really not much you can do. It's not like you can go to a it, there's, there's nothing. You just have to sit out in the heat, and I eventually just sat in my air conditioned car for 45 minutes, but. Uh, I didn't see anything about the commission. I agree with Rubenstein when it comes to the seeding. Like, how do you just slot Burgos into that seed? Like, where th- th- they just reseeded the whole bracket. Like, it's just the whole thing is a joke. Like, all of this is a joke. But what, what did Daniel, what did the great Daniel Rubenstein say? Uh, it looks like he just dug into it a little bit and he mentioned that the commission was involved in the decision, but at the end, it was the league. Who made the decision to uh, actually do the suspensions? He he mentioned the commission. Then later in a later tweet, said the only clarity I got was that it wasn't Georgia Commission; it was PFL who suspended them. And then he wondered if PFL will also withhold uh, Schulte's win bonus, as they are well within their right to do so, based on my reading of the promo contract and Georgia bout agreement. So there's a there's a bit of legalese here, and again, these fighters and their managers should be up in arms they should be doing everything in their power to fight this because it is ridiculous listen uh, i don't want to say it's all a conspiracy to get shane burgos like into the playoffs because he's someone they invested a lot of money and promotional time into so i'm a little bit sketchier on suggesting that 
uh, it did work out for them in that sense. Obviously, that's a guy that they they want there, and and are certainly happy to have there. But yeah, just just removing Schulte, um, so spending both guys, but Schulte, the one who was you know was going to advance to the postseason, is it's just such a sketchy, horrible thing. It goes against their whole mission statement of you win, you're in. Um, the only grounds they would really have, I would think, to do something is if they could prove that Schulte and Menfio, you know, um, conspired beforehand to have Schulte win. But there's nothing. Uh, how the hell would they even prove that? I, I have no idea how they would prove that. You you can prove. You can certainly argue that there was a gentleman's agreement not to you know beat the hell out of each other. That was obvious. On you can watch the fight. That was obvious in the fight. Did they decide beforehand who would win? I don't know. I I, I don't think the PFL can prove. I don't think anybody can prove that. Um, so unless someone slips up and just says something dumb, I, I don't know what grounds the league really has to to do what they're doing. But uh, we haven't heard the last of this. Uh, at least people are still talking no. about PFL, Mike. After PFL five, right? We said PFL five, PFL six. How are they going to follow up? They're still talking about it. Here's here's what I've been seeing a lot of. Well, if Dana did this, if the UFC did this, you all be crying about it. Like you all be going crazy about it. And guess what, PFL? That's the problem because nobody cares. Like, I care. I care. And I just think people just under the way people have viewed the PFL the last couple of years, this isn't a surprising thing. Like, something like this is not a shock. It's just people don't take them seriously. Like, and I don't say that to be mean. I'm just saying, like, I host a freaking call and radio show where people call in and give opinions and they DM us like questions all the time. And you know how many questions I get about people not taking the PFL seriously? A ton, a ton. So like Ariel always says, you you know, he always quotes Dennis Green. We are who you thought they were. I'm not saying that, but this is, this is classic. Like, Hmm, the fans are mad about this fight. What can we do to make them happy? And I think they just overplayed their hand here. I just think they overplayed it, overthought it. Try to do something to like wash the taste out and like make the fans be like, oh, you know what? What a profound move by an organization like to give the fans what they want. And that's not how this came over. I think it went over like a fart in church and people aren't happy about it. And this is going to be bad, man. Like this, this is going to be bad. And how they bounce back from this, I have no idea. If I'm Bellator right now, if I'm Viacom, do I want to get into business here? Am I am I willing to to sell the goods after this story? I don't know, man. I don't know. Craziness. It's a it's Just a brutal craziness. misstep. It's a brutal misstep. So I wish, bad. I wish people were talking, you know, more, more about the Saturday we see spin kick, which was oh, freaking know, insane. Man. Um what was the OAM, uh, man? OAM, listen, looking like the best welterweight in the world. I don't know what did I do with our <laughs> rankings. I think we have him at fifteen. I got a No, I don't know. Listen, he's fight. He's fighting slightly below. Lightweight, I think slightly lightweight. below UFC. Uh, lightweight, excuse me. Slightly below uh, UFC competition. I think with respect to Anthony Romero and other guys that uh, that OAM has beaten. You know, but uh, yeah, I wish we were talking about that stuff instead. And then the PFL just drops this bomb and says, nope. This, here, here's something for you guys, uh, you Monday morning talk show radio hosts to chew on. So thank you, PFL, I guess. Just wait till, and I'm telling you, wait till Ariel gets his hands on. He's going he's gonna to have a field day with this on the MMA hour. So that should be fun. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. Such bad. a bad good. look. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's, uh, let's go to more serious matters. The Please. UFC... In Jacksonville, the main event, big one at 145 pounds. Ilya Taporia getting the main event rub, taking on Josh Emmett, former interim title challenger. And this fight was the Ilya Taporia show. This dude came out and looked tremendous. He was very patient. He's very cautious. And the way I viewed this fight was Taporia gets hit. He's eventually going to get frustrated, and he's going to go into the pocket, and he's going to just throw absolute hammers at Josh Emmett, and this is where Josh Emmett has a chance to pull off the upset. And maybe Ilya heard all the all the people breaking down this fight because he did the exact opposite of that, but still, watching this fight cage side, AK, Josh Emmett is just throwing everything from the ankles and just chucking as hard as he can, and he's barely touching Ilya. And Ilya just like with a quick little snap, the quickness of this man watching him throw punches like 10 feet away, I was blown away by Ilya Taporia and his athleticism. His defense was incredible. And just his performance. I mean, 50-42 on one of the scorecards. We got a rare 10-7 on the card. And I got to say, okay, I don't hate it. I don't hate a 10-7 in round four. I do not hate it. But this is the Ilya Taporia show. Kudos to Josh Emmett for being tougher than a $2 stake. But in the end, it's Ilya Taporia. He wants the title shot. He's willing to wait for it. Or he said he would fight Max Holloway under one condition. We'll do it in Spain. But he wants the title, and he's willing to wait as long as it takes. So is that where you're going here? If Volk beats Yaya Rodriguez, we just do Volk versus Taporia? What are we thinking? Mike... Uh, you're normally the storyteller here, but let me take you on a journey. Oh, I, I, let me take you I'm on a so journey excited. back to the the tender time of 2008, <laughs> when a young a young AK Lee, uh, still in his <laughs> somewhat formative years of becoming an MMA fan. I guess I was probably at least two or three years deep at this point of of like really really you know getting into MMA. 
Uh, I'm watching Kenny Florian dominate Joe Stevenson. Just runs through Joe Stevenson and then says, "I'm I'm ready for BJ. I'm gonna kill like I'm gonna kill the master. It's my time." And I'm at home. I'm a filthy. I'm still kind of a filthy casual at this point. And I'm clapping my hands and I'm like, "I think Kenny's gonna do it. You got to give Kenny that shot." Coincidentally, BJ was just coming off that decision loss to George St. Pierre. Uh, he had just, you know, he was a champion uh, who was coming off a loss to uh, uh, in an attempt to go up in weight and fight and become a two division champion, uh, similar to what Alexander, Alexander Volkanovsky has recently done. So, once again, I, I want to believe, Mike, that there is some someone around like me, kind of, you know, on the cusp of, of their hardcore fandom who watched casually tuned into ABC, watched Ilya, you know, normally only watched the pay per views, but says, hey, you know, so they know Volkanovsky. And then say, I heard about this Tapuria guy. Oh, he's on ABC. I flicked that right on. Watched him dominate Josh Emmett and said, wow. I think this guy, if he fights like he did tonight, I think he could beat Alexander Volkanovsky. I need to see that fight. So that, that I think, is the moment we just had was Tapuria. And so anything, Mike, anything besides Tapuria fighting Volkanovsky, uh, well, really, the Volkanovsky-Rodriguez winner from UFC 290, I think would be ridiculous. We said before the show, the cards might just not fall right for Ilya. And it's like, he said he's willing to wait. He also said he's willing to fight Max Holloway in Spain, which is a whole other thing. And I just know he's willing to wait for, for uh, a title shot. But the thing is, this could be three months. This could be six months. We just don't know what's going to happen. If yeah, year wins, um, if Volkanovsky wins and then and, and is able to get himself another shot at Islam, which is why so soon. I don't know. But I'm waving my magic wands. And I'm also, listen, I feel confident predicting this. The Volkanovsky will stick around for another title defense. Because he's always saying, listen, oh, someone needs to step up. He's saying, like, I've moved up to, you know, one of the reasons I went to lightweight. No, no one was making a statement at 145. Toporia just did. He should get the win of this fight. I think Volkanovsky beats a year. But either way, I don't care. Sorry. I don't want. To, I don't even want an immediate rematch for Volk, even though he might deserve one. Toporia deserves a title shot next. I want to see it happen before the end of the year. So the winner of uh, the UFC 290 featherweight title fight for uh, for Ilya. I mean, this isn't even a friends forever thing. It's the only mm. thing. Like mm. I, I, it's. I think Volk's gonna win. I think Yair is going to give him hell, and I don't think we're gonna be seeing Volk like three months later. So I could see this because we don't know what the hell is gonna happen with Connor and all these titles and all these champions not being able to defend and finding spots for them all. I would say December, January, we do Volkanovski versus Taporia. Now, the only way this doesn't happen is if Volk just runs over Yair and just gets him out of there in like three minutes, which is not going to happen. But if it does, and Volk cuts a promo, he will get the Makachev fight, and then we could do Taporia versus, I don't know, maybe, who, who knows? Maybe, if maybe this is... Th- this could be the bone they throw to Aljamain Sterling. Like, if he beats Sean O'Malley and, well, you want to get up there and fight for the featherweight title, we can't give you the featherweight title shot, but we'll give you an interim title fight against Ilya Taporia. Yeah, welcome to the division, Aljo. Holy smokes. So, yeah. But, yeah, he should be fighting Volkanovski. I want to see that fight badly. And even if Taporia loses, so what? This dude is going to be a megastar. The UFC is going to go to Spain, and they're going to have him headline, and he is going to look like a hero. He, I mean, the way this guy carries himself, he is going to be a star, AK. 
He is going to be a star. The people that were in the building watching him, I have no idea who they are. But apparently a lot of people know who they are. Soccer players, football players who are Sergio very well Ramos. known globally. Sergio Ramos. Sergio I don't even know who that fair. is, but very everybody fair. else seems to. Hmm. Is that the most famous person who has ever been to a UFC event? Uh, not ever to ever, not to an event. We, we we were discussing in the, in our Slack uh, a fight night event, almost for sure. Fight night, yes. But Damon did mention Leo DiCaprio had been to an event, so I would put Leo number one. Sergio is certainly up there, but uh, we had a little debate about it, and and we gave. I have to give the edge to Leo. Leo was in Titanic, you know, nineteen ninety seven, which is one of the biggest movies worldwide of all time. That was six years before Sergio Ramos even made his pro, like his, you know, a senior uh, club football debut. Uh, now Sergio's insanely famous. Again, uh, he won the World Cup with Spain. He's played for Real Madrid for like twelve years. Like, a huge run for Real Madrid, which is obviously one of the top three most famous football clubs in the world, maybe number one. Um, so hugely famous, hugely famous, especially outside of North America. But uh, but I think Leo would be. I would give Leo the slight edge. It's hard for me to gauge. Obviously, I can't speak for you know so many other countries. But Leo is has just been around longer, and he's been in you know listen, these movies play everywhere. So so does football. But uh, I'll, I'll give Leo the slight edge. But yeah, Sergio has to be up there. I know a lot of uh, and, uh, people are talking about this on social media too. And there's a lot of like North American fans like, what? I don't even know who this guy is. And I'm like, well, listen, that's an America problem. That's not a Sergio Ramos problem. So <laughs> sorry, that's sorry, like sorry. me. Sorry. <laughs> That's like me watching these like influencer boxer events where the, yeah. everyone's like going crazy for him. They all have like 39 million followers. I'm like, no clue who this person. Yeah, so. I'm like, I don't know who Wings of Redemption is. And there's a whole there's like millions of people who are like, oh, you don't know who Wings of Redemption is? That's a you problem. Not a, and I'm like, you're probably right. You're probably right. You, what kind of, what kind you of are correct. Yeah. Well, let's go to the co-main event because, AK, I'm telling you, you, are, you, you give yourself a little bit of grief about your predictions. Mm-hmm. But more often than not in 2023, AK, you see a prediction, you put it on paper, and you nail it. And boy, did you nail this one. Macy Barber just trucks Amanda Hebas. And that fight was so fun. It was so fun. And then the fight got to the ground. And even before that, Barber landed a nasty elbow. Amanda Hebas is gushing blood. Fight goes to the ground. Hebas is trying to get a leg lock doing Jed Mishu's favorite move, not releasing the leg lock while getting punched in the face over and over and over again. Referee doesn't stop it. Heba's starting to have a little success in round two, gets another takedown, and then Barber gets on top of her and beats her down, and that's it. Fight's over. What a performance from Macy Barber, and the evolution of her game is there. I feel like the personality's kind of veering back to, like, Boston Macy Barber from 2019. A little standoffish with the media at the press conference, but uh, boy, did she deliver one hell of a performance, and this fight was awesome. Uh, what did you make of Macy Barber's performance? You called, I believe you called the second round knockout. I That's did. Exactly uh, what you got here. One of my more shocking uh, on-point picks of the year, that's for sure. I think initially, because I did the preview show before I finished doing my predictions, uh, I think I just went with Macy. I mean, I, I, did, I did think she had a chance. I didn't think it was like I wasn't just being completely contrarian, but just because we wanted you know to have a variety of opinions. I think I think Shaheen had said uh, had said Hebus, and I'm like, well, okay, I'll go. I'll go Macy. I'll just explain uh, the Macy. Set. Was it Shaheen? Who was I with? Was it with Jose and Casey? Anyway, whoever I was on the preview show with, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it was Jose. Listen, I love I love all these guys. We just do so many shows together. They all blur together. Trust me. This stuff happens all the time. These mistakes. Um, but yeah, anyway, they, they were all picking Hebus. I picked uh, Barber. Yeah, because and for the for the main reason that that Macy has really 
even though her results it's it's so backwards that she was getting finishes earlier in her career but and then you know it was now in a recent round of decisions i feel like she's like her striking has gotten better and her potential for finishing is actually higher now if you watch the andrew lee fight she's really looking to finish that fight the whole time andrew lee's just super tough um and had enough grappling to kind of at least slow macy down from landing those haymakers but um i mean he was a little bit smaller a little bit smaller than Macy Barber. I think the size mattered. And especially when she was trying to take her down and hold under her leg, you just have this larger woman just sitting on you and punching you in the face. He must maybe stay at straw weight. But yeah, uh, uh, big things ahead for Macy Barber. I think logically, I just keep moving up from the top 10. I still feel like she's maybe one or two fights away from a title fight. I know she wants to fight Alexa Grasso again, but let's you know pump the brakes on that. Even if Grasso beats Shevchenko and needs a uh, needs a challenger, listen, there's Aaron Blanchfield's out there. She's fighting Tala Santos. So Tala Santos beats Aaron Blanchfield. I think Santos gets another title shot. So Barber is not next in line. But listen, there's a great veteran opponent in Jennifer Maya just waiting for her, Mike. Top 10, good fighter, very tough test. Let's see if Macy, Macy Barber can, can pull that one out. Very, that'd be, again, another tough test. This is how you build up a young fighter, and I think, I think she's on her way, and I think they're doing things right. That's good. That's good. I thought we were going to have a friends for a moment. We do not have a friends for a moment, but I'm, I'm on the veteran train as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren Murphy. Yep. Macy Barber versus Lauren Murphy. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's a great fight. Uh, look, Macy Barber impressed the hell out of me. That was the performance that she absolutely needed. But I think the overall reaction outside of just there was a lot of positive to come out of this, but there was negative to come out of it too. Not towards Barber. It was more like, look, Manahibas is just too small for this division. This fight, this is how it was supposed to play out because Macy's just bigger and stronger and all that, which I didn't necessarily agree with. But good for Macy Barber, man. That girl's been through a lot. Fans have been giving her crap for a long time and seems like her mind is right. Her game is getting better. And when she hits, man, she hits real hard. And Amanda Hebus found that out for herself. Great performance from Macy. We'll see what happens with her next. Featured bout we're not going to talk about because there's a rule on to the next one. If you poke an eye or there's DQs or there's draws or whatever, there's no matchmaking. So we're not even going to talk about this fight. We're not even going to talk about this fight. Eye blood. Main card. What are we doing? Eye blood. Eye blood, Mike. You don't want to talk about eye blood? We don't want to talk about eye blood. <laughs> no? All right. I mean, we can talk about eye blood. We're just not going to talk about their next fights. <laughs> for Let's Austin do it again Lane, in Sydney. Though, right? for, Austin, for Austin Lane. Two contender series uh, tryouts. Uh, the first one, he gets sparked by Greg Hardy, which just sucked. And then uh, <laughs> what took him four, four years? Three, three and some years. Two, no, four years. Four years to get another shot. Uh, and then gets his chance at the show. He's what? He's 35 years old. It's not like he has a ton of fights left in him. And then he, he's a Jacksonville guy. Uh, I think he's, he played for Jacksonville, right? Yeah, he briefly played yes. for Jacksonville. Jacksonville guy. I don't know if he fights out of there. Either way, crowd was he pumped does. to see Austin Lane. The fight lasts 30 seconds. I poke. Again, I think entirely Austin Lane's fault. So I say, you know, too bad for him. But I think it was entirely his fault. And it was an, it was an accident, but it was an avoidable accident. Um, and then just now, now neither man walks home, walks out with their winner's check, and everyone's unhappy. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, they just run that one back. I guess. Do it in Sydney. Doing yeah, do it in Sydney. But again, that sucks for Austin Lane because there's supposed to be a man. He could have gotten that win in, in in Duval County, and uh, you only get one shot at it. Right? We only get one shot to debut at home, and for it to end that way, that's combat sports, man. Combat sports. Uh, there's not a lot of fairy tales. That's for sure. Mom spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Stop poking people in the eye. We don't have to talk about this. Oh, man. 
David Onama didn't poke anybody in Ooh. the eye. He just punched dudes in the face. That was a fun fight. What a knockout from David Onama. Puts away the very game Gabriel Santos and then does the Israel Adesanya arrow shooting celebration. Didn't really get over as well as he thought it might, I would guess, but what a knockout. David Onama just continues to be an exciting guy at 145 pounds. And you know what? I'm ready to throw him in with a guy who just knocked out a very tough guy. It's a guy that's very hard to finish these days. And he did so in April. Fernando Padilla knocked out Julian Arosa on a fight night card April 29th. Let's do David Onama versus Fernando Padilla. We could do it on mm. that September 16th card at T-Mobile. The Mexican Independence Day card as it's being sort of found, foundationally laid out. That's a fun-ass fight for that card. So I'm going with that, AK. What do you think is next for David Onama? Yeah, there's so many fun fights ahead for David Onama. Like, I would say Nate Landwehr, but listen, we already saw that, and it was friggin' incredible. Uh, I would love to see it again. Uh, yeah, Padilla is a great choice. I have Padilla pretty high. He, what did Padilla do? He beat Arosa, you said? Knocked out Arosa, yeah. He knocked out Arosa, yeah. So that kind of launched him to, like, my top 25 already. So it, 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 it kind of unbalanced the rankings a bit, because I have Onama quite a bit lower, uh, just because some of the people Onama's lost to, and... But man, Onama like feels like a top twenty-five talent already. You just watch him like the eye test. If you didn't like, if you ignore whatever some his record and um, uh, the, again the, the fight with Nate Landwehr was awesome. Like I don't think he lost any stock in that fight. Uh, there was a lot of names I could have gone with. I think where did I go here? Oh yeah, I got uh, Mike. I'm selfish. I just want to see this fight now. I want to see this fight now. I feel like you obviously you could push it back to another time. Both guys are pretty fresh in the featherweight division. I'd love to see him fight Jack Shore. So I'm going to go Jack Shore. Let's make that happen. I had other options where I'm kind of like, well, let's keep building up this person in this direction. Let's keep building Onama in this direction. Screw it. Screw it. I'm selfish. I want to see it now. Again, a lot. A loss is not going to derail either guy's career. They're both still, like I said, pretty young, pretty young up-and-comers, I feel. Um, so I want it now. Uh, this is a this is a child's pick. This is a I, I see something, and I'm just reaching out and grabbing it. Would love to see Onama and Jack Shore throw down. It's very possible. What Very possible. It. So let's head to the main card opener, AK. We have, I feel debate. Like we have a debate, Mike. We have a debate. We have a debate. Um, the middleweighty middleweight championship debate. Now, everybody is well aware of the of how this came to be and where this is this thing just kind of started and it's grown into this thing where people talk about it all the time. Uh, I met somebody outside of the arena while I was waiting to get in there. And somebody mentioned to me, and they were like, oh, are you Mike Heck? I said, yeah. And they're like, is Brennan Allen still going to be the middleweighty middleweight champion if he wins? Like, first question he asked me. I was like, I don't know. We're going to have to talk about this. You are ready. You, you, were, you have been against Brennan Allen being the middleweighty middleweight champion Correct. pretty much from Jump Street. But we haven't really defined what this is. Like, no. We started it as this is just going to be like the number 16 ranked middleweight in the world like that's how it was going to be positioned we wanted that spot to feel important and usually that spot is held by a middleweighty middleweight christoph jotko is the goat of middleweighty middleweights when it comes to he is the george st pierre of middleweighty middleweights when it comes to the goats he is at the top of the mountain brendan allen beat him brendan allen beat him and became the middleweighty middleweight champion then Brandon Allen fights Andre Muniz, and he goes out, gets a main event spot as champion, mind you, and has the best performance of his career. 
Then he bounces back, gets a crowd card, taking on Bruno Silva, not his original choice, not his first opponent. Was supposed to headline, I believe, against Jack Hermanson. That fight was off, so now he goes to Jacksonville, fights Bruno Silva. Goes out there, slugs it out, gets the submission. So now, as the middleweighty middleweight champion, Brennan Allen has proven that that title obviously means something to him. That that title is important to him because after winning the title, he's had the two best performances of his career, AK. So while I agree with you, in the oh. basis of what this championship actually signified to begin with, I kind of feel bad taking it away from Brennan Allen when he's right. become a top seven middleweight in the world since winning the title. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of the middleweighty middleweight title, perhaps Brennan Allen should not be the champion. But with the way that man's performing, I feel like if we take the belt off of him, could could lead to some to, to to some disaster. It's almost like you picking Brendan Allen to win his next fight. It can't yes. be good for him. It can't be. <laughs> and I won't. For his sake, I won't. <laughs> I Mike, we cannot tie him to this <laughs> illustrious title. We have to. It has to be like one of those like Disney movies. Like the power was within him all along. You know, the title is great. Like the title is great. If it if it bolstered his confidence, fantastic. But it, it, it only enhanced the gifts that were already there. Um, yeah, so you and I, so I think, I think one, one key, I think one key in our, our disagreement over, you know, him being whether the, the middleweight, middleweight title and how the middleweight, middleweight title works is, in my mind, it is not lineal. So that is a key for me. That is, that is a key. It is not a title that can really be traditionally won and defended and lost. It is, for me, obviously, Jocko, when they fought, Yes, Jocko was the middleweight middleweight champion. No dispute there. But as soon as as uh, Brendan Allen did something exciting and finished him, that title became vacant. That title became vacant. Jocko lost it, and but Brendan Allen did not win. He, it was too exciting. If Brendan Allen had won a dreary 29-28 decision over Christoph Jocko, absolutely, you put that middleweight middleweight title around his belt. But <laughs> Brendan Allen has an identity... His fights are exciting and memorable. Uh, he's becoming this guy who he challenges people at their strengths. Like again, you know, he submitted Andre Muniz, what great jujitsu guy. Bruno Silva. It's gonna look, people look at the. We'll look at this. You know, by going back. Oh, he just submitted him. It's like no, he he rocked him on the feet first and finished with a choke because he's a freaking killer. Um, and he's just too exciting. He's using the the. I I need it. I need my blobby. Not in terms of shape, but in terms of like the way their fights. I need my blobby, like difficult to parse middleweights to hold on to this title. That's why we're talking about the the, the Mark Andre uh, Berrios, the the Armin Petrosians, the I'm looking at, I'm looking at my list here. Some of these people are a little too having a little too much style. Frankly, Brad Tavares, with respect to the guy, uh, has fought 22 times. I can remember maybe four of his fights. Um, and again, this is not an insult. You know, lo- part of being a middleweight in middleweight is longevity. Uh, uh, Eric Anders, my God, the wonderful Eric Anders. He's <laughs> might log 30 UFC fights under his belt someday. And if you remember five of them, you know, you're either a better man than I or you're Eric Anders himself. So I never, I was never on the uh, Brendan Alley middleweight, middleweight title train. I think it's up for grabs. And I think we have some very, very lively candidates. But Brendan Allen, you know what? Um, may have to settle for a real title shot someday. And I know it's not quite the same, but he'll he'll, he'll live, I'm sure. So who is the champion right now? It's vacant. From my mind, it's vacant. Okay. Yeah. It's vacant. 
Okay. Maybe we'll decide by the end of the year. Brandon Allen is no longer the middleweight. He can't champion. be. He's he's too real. He's too legitimate. He's too legitimate. He's a real, like I said, top 10 middleweight. Could be, honestly, depending how long Izzy stays at 185, could be like one fight away from the... Uh, the t- oh, we're supposed to match make for him, right? Is that where we're still... <laughs> oh, we're going to get there. Um, oh, I forgot. I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll, look, Brandon Allen's <laughs> great. Uh, I love the Hamzat Shamayev idea. Him versus Hamza would actually be really interesting. But it, he kind of... I kind of asked him because he was like, ah, we... My manager told me not to call it Jared Cannonier, but I did it anyways because apparently he has a fight. And, of course, when I hear a fighter say that and not get into it anymore, I have to ask him about it. And, of course, I asked Brendan Allen. So are you guys hearing perhaps Jared Cannonier versus Hamza Chimaev? Hmm? Is that what you guys are hearing? And he said, I'll plead in the fifth. And I said, well, what about you and Hamza? And he got into it and was like, I fear no man and dug that. Uh, my pick is... I'll just play it safe. The Whitaker DDP loser, but mm. I, I I'll probably say Brennan Allen versus DDP is is the fight to make. But who knows? Anything can happen. I say maybe DDP goes bananas and catches Whitaker with something wild. Brennan Allen versus Robert Whitaker would be fun too. So Allen versus the loser of that fight. I'm super high on him right now. He's 27. He's really good, and he's going to be one of those guys that probably won't get the credit he deserves. But I think he's starting to get there. If Robert Whitaker beats uh, Drickus Duplessis, as many expect him to do. Uh, you is are you all in on the third? Like you just give him one last crack at Izzy. I might be on an island here, but yes, I okay. want to see that fight. I don't think I really want to see that fight. Yeah, I think it's the thing where like people just accept him as the second best, and it's kind of like, well, we either keep having him kill challengers or we just give him one last shot, for God's sakes, and get this over with, right? Because um, my thought was, would you would you consider it all, and I did not go this way, but I, I, I had to bring it up, would you consider it all Brendan versus Robert Whitaker if Whitaker win, even if Whitaker wins? No. No, too high. Or you don't, Or you don't want to kill off Brendan. You don't want to Max Holloway him. That's part of it, and... <laughs> Nah, you can't. You just, it just doesn't make sense. I, I would want to see it. I just don't want to see it right Someday. now. Not right now. Yeah. I, uh, Brennan, I, like, I, I asked Brennan about this, and he thought he kind of like answered like I was a crazy person. I wonder if he's in play to fight Izzy now after this performance. And I'm not – like, look, the, you. if this is like a wide-open field, there's no way that this is a thing. But timing is everything. And let's just say Avis Magomedov wins next week. Let's say DDP and Robert Whitaker just beat six shades of caca out of each other. And let's say Ikram Malaskarov and Paul Costa like fight to a draw or something like that. <laughs> and Izzy's got to fight somebody? Like, who is he going to fight? Like, who the... I, I saw Jamal Hill in Jacksonville. That I don't know if he's fighting anytime soon. I don't think he's fighting <laughs> in September. I can tell you that right now. That dude's loving life right now. Is it heavyweight bout? Maybe Izzy versus heavyweight? <laughs> <laughs> he's just living the dream and I don't blame him for it. You're a champ dude. Get out there and have a good time. But there's like nobody, there could be nobody else for Israel Adesanya to fight. And Brandon Allen's coming off of a finish ranked dude. He might be the highest ranked guy realistically available for him right now. Like that's the world we're living in at 185. So I don't know. AK. I don't know. Weird position. But he's Very. in a great spot right now. Yeah, I listen. Uh, the Jared Kenyer call out was probably the right one. That's what he mentioned. Him, he mentioned DDP. 
Um, but I, last week I said I want to see Cannoneer. I said I want to see Cannoneer fight DDP after he loses to Robert Whitaker. So I've got to take Cannoneer out of the equation for now, even though I could totally see that matchup happening. If, assuming neither guy, like you said, ends up just being the mandatory challenger for, uh, for um, Izzy. Again, I don't think it'll be Cannoneer because that was just too recent. The fight was terrible. But Brendan Allen, for sure. So I settled on uh, the loser from last week's fight, uh, Vittori. I think, I think, again, just to give Allen the top 10 guy, uh, I think a, a good, good style matchup. And a, and a good test. I want to see if... Because I think that's a winnable fight for him. But Marvin Vittori is just... We always say every fight's super tough. Very tough guy to put away. Um, Brent Allen been on a hell of a finishing streak. I If he could finish Vittori... I mean, we're legitimately talking about Allen is the no-doubt number one contender for the middleweight title. Which sounds... For some reason, for me, sounds crazy. I don't know why. I just I guess it's never viewed him that way. All the middleweighty middleweight talk kind of uh, clouded my view of... <laughs> Brendan Allen, Mike. It's an illustrious. It's 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 a career changer. It, it is. changes it is. careers. You're not it, the ed- the evidence is right in front of us. Brendan Allen is is example number one. Yeah. The crazy thing about Brendan Allen is he's 27. He yeah. looks and acts like he's 38. It's great. <laughs> so people are like stunned when you tell people. I'm like Brendan Allen's only 27. No, he's not. He's like 35. I'm like no, I'm 27. And they're like, oh my god, this dude's gonna be a champion once they find that out. So. Good for you, Brendan Allen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to the wild card round, AK. We will select one fighter we have not match made for. We will match make for them right now. Who is your wild card selection from UFC Jacksonville? I don't have anything fancy here, Mike. I had to go with Chippe Mariscal. That was like the obvious. You know, this in the fight with Trevor Peak was fantastic. Uh,. Uh, he was a guy you mentioned before the show as like having oh people might look at his record and be like oh this guy's he's he's not undefeated prospect he's not on like a you know fourteen fight win streak like hey, are they just bring him in for peak and it's like no like his le- the level of competition he's faced is legitimate um, this is a very tough fight for peak and you were one hundred percent correct because he gave peak hail and if it was anybody else um, uh, Chepe probably would have gotten a finish so I'll go with Chepe uh, and nothing fancy let's you know I said let's just go I was looking at the lightweight list. A lot of guys are booked. This this division is just chugging along. A lot of great potential style matchups for him are booked. So that's good. That's a good thing for for lightweight. So let's just put him in there with uh, Rebeski. Rebeski, uh, Matush Rebeski, who also won, looked great against Loic, uh, an overweight Loic Radzabov. And he's streaking. I mentioned guys being on the streak. This is like, he's like 115 straight fights. He looks like a player at 155, but obviously still has more work to do. Same with Chepe. Um, let's just keep him in that lightweight meat grinder and throw him in there as soon as both guys are ready to fight. Yeah, keep him at 55, huh? <clears throat> throw him in there with that, dude. Look at you, AK. Mm. Look at you. All the all violence team. Chepe's, inter- Chepe's an interesting cat because he says he wants to go back to 45. He said he, mm. now that he's in the UFC and he's got the PI at his disposal. He might even drop to 135. Oh, my. He told me. Yeah. He said he might go to 135. He said he might fight. He said, I want to be a guy that could fight in three different divisions. How about That's that? Scary. That's scary. That is pretty he, scary. He wants, to, he wants to pull off what uh, Patricia Pitbull couldn't. Yes. Three times. My low-key my low MVP for UFC Jacksonville is my wild card pick. 
His name is Jack Jenkins. And I'm this is what I'm doing, AK. Jack Jenkins versus Conor McGregor. Give him the bag for having the wherewithal, even with a UFC mic flag on, to call out the stupidity of this Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg horse shit. So whatever that dude wants, he gets. But in all seriousness, I thought Jack Jenkins had a tremendous call out, and it makes 100% sense, and I'm going with it. Jack Jenkins, Nate Landwehr, Sydney, Australia, September 10th. That fight freaking rules. Let's go ahead and do that. But Jack Jenkins, I salute you, my friend. I salute you. Thank you for saying what you were saying. <laughs> Thank you for speaking for us all. This, oh my God. I, now I have to go down this rabbit hole. Hopefully for the last time, because this is so dumb. So Dana White wasn't in Jacksonville at all. Not really promoting anything. And then a video pops up on his Instagram, and he's wearing a UFC shirt that says Zuckerberg versus Musk on it. And it's just the most ridiculous thing. I threw up on my mouth a little bit. So Dana was doing this thing where people were commenting, and he's responding to the comments, and some person goes, but but this is a gimmick fight. And Dana, and I'm kind of like paraphrasing this, is like, no, a gimmick goes, the definition of a gimmick fight is when an MMA fighter goes to boxing and loses to the boxer because we know that's going to happen. Does Dana White understand what a gimmick fight actually is? That's a very like, specific Does he understand definition. what it is? That's very specific. So that's the definition only definition of- for a gimmick fight? Like, like this, is the, this whole thing. Oh, my God, AK. What are we doing? What are we doing? Do you have any interest in this at all? Uh, yeah, the baseline interest of just seeing any two human beings fight. Just any two human beings who also just happen to be insanely famous and, of course, absurdly rich. Uh, no, listen, if, if I had a choice, I would not care. I would not make this fight happen. But if it gets booked, of course, I'm, I'm sure I'll uh, muster up some level of interest, especially since... Mike, I'm at the point where I feel like it's definitely going to happen in some form. In some form, we talked about it on BTL a bit. I think we talked about it in the Q and A yesterday. Again, listen, we're going to be we're going to be talking about it because it's being acknowledged by everyone. It's being acknowledged by Elon Musk. It's being acknowledged by Mark Zuckerberg. It's being acknowledged by Dana White, John Jones, George St. Pierre. A lot of fighters just kind of chiming in, saying, "Obviously, seeing how how can I get a piece of this clout and maybe a little piece of that, however much money this this fight generates if it happens." It. I, 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 after, I, I'll say it, I've said it a million times, sorry, but after Mayweather McGregor, I say nothing's impossible, especially when there's money involved. And again, you can't get much more money involved in a uh, weird gimmick fight than this. So it's going to happen in some form, whether it's in the UFC, whether the two guys set up their own sort of little show just to make it happen, um, whether it's getting just sort of a glorified sparring match, whether they do it over the metaverse, like it's just their avatars, right? Uh, somehow this, this fight's going to happen. Um, so yeah, Mike, I've I've talked myself into not like how will I how will I approach this if I have to write about it, if I have to watch it, if I have to if I have to discuss it with people because I guarantee everyone Mike, everyone we know who has a casual interest in sports is going to be like, oh wow, is this really happening? Like you work at MMA, is this really happening? So we're going to have a lot of those conversations, Mike, and it's going to be for a while. So it's real, man. It's real, and uh, there's no matter who wins, we lose. It's you know this is some aliens versus predator shit. But I've accepted. I've accepted that this is more likely to happen than a lot of other gimmick fights that are floating out there. Last thing about this, please. Dana continuously says that the biggest fight in the history of combat sports was Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor, and it's not true. We already know that's not true, but it's up there. It's like top five, top three, top five. He says that this fight would 
be the biggest fight in the history of combat sports. He would do like, I mean, six, five, six million bucks. Because I think Mayweather Pacquiao was like five and a half million pay-per-view buys, something crazy like that. I think that was what the number was. Um, and Dana thinks this is bigger than that. Like, do you think this is bigger than that? Especially if he charges a hundred bucks a pop. Do you think this is this is doing better than that? It's gonna, uh, listen, this is going to come down to metrics, right? Because they're going to if you go if you go by social media impressions, I bet it will somehow surpass that, and, and it helps that you know both men have control over a, of over the two. Oh well, I should say two of the, the two biggest because uh, Meta. Oh yeah, Meta owns Instagram, so yeah, Instagram and Facebook combined, and then Elon Musk has Twitter. Every base of social media will be covered. Whatever media connections they have, they're going to use. Whether it be again CNN, Fox News, you name it. This is going to get like mainstream coverage. Like, and again, this is beyond fighting, right? This is people who don't know anything about fighting. I mean, certainly there was that with Mayweather McGregor as well. But this is literally anyone who has even knows uh, who these people are, which is probably um, I, I don't want to give a percentage here, but anyone with a computer or a TV or a tablet or a monitor knows who Mark Zuckerberg knows who Mark Zuckerberg is, knows who Elon Musk is, even more so than Floyd Mayweather, even more so than. Um, Conor McGregor. So yes, in a in a broad sense, I do think this has the potential to be the most talked about, most watched uh, fight fight in quotations of all time. Um, but again, it depends by what metrics you you do. Because if you sell this on pay per view, I'd be man. I I think you just have a lot of people illegally streaming this thing. <laughs> no, and listen, maybe maybe uh, maybe back in twenty seventeen. I know that's only six years ago, but with every year, technology and the ability to pirate gets more widespread, gets more common. So maybe Mayweather McGregor would take in a bit of a hit from from uh, a bigger hit from pirates if it happened today. But it's not just that; it's that this fight does not seem like something people want to pay money for. Even though it'll be like, oh, so such and such will go to charity. I'm sure this amount of money will go to charity. You should why you should buy it. But I don't think pay per view wise, it passes Mayweather McGregor or uh, or Mayweather Pacquiao. I'd be I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned. What a world. All right. Let's go to the peeps, AK. Do you want to give the disclaimer? Please. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even have it loaded up. But, uh, yeah, we guys, don't even need it. <laughs> we don't know. No, listen, guys, just please, no doo-doo picks. Just keep track of whether someone's booked, if they're fighting a teammate, if they're fighting someone they already fought. At least add a two or a three next to their name if these people have fought before. And, uh, yes, please just uh, don't send us doo-doo. No doo-doo picks. No, no Musk versus uh, Zuckerberg picks is what we're saying. <sighs> All right. Let's go. Dad Jackson. Randy Brown versus D-Rod. Magny versus the Leech if he's healthy, if not Gunnar Nelson. Onama versus Bruce Leroy, AK. I feel like Dad I, I feel like Dad Jackson just hates Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy <laughs> coming off a nice performance. Dude deserves a ranked fighter. And now we're going to give him a, a the 27th ranked killer in David Onama. Come on, man. I think Did he I deserves hear, better well, than that. I don't know. I, I will to defend Dad Jackson. I will say they do kind of use Caceres as a jack of all trades. Like we throw him in there against prospects, we throw him against veterans. But I agree, the timing doesn't doesn't seem right right now. Did he say Magni Li Jingliang? He did. Did he put a two? No. Doo doo. There you UFC go. UFC two forty eight, March seventh, twenty twenty. Come on now. That's right. I forgot about that fight. <sighs> Thank you, AK. Dad Jackson, I knew I knew they'd pop before. I'm not banning you, Dad Jackson. We, we we've had you on probation for a while. I think you've you, you've gone through the probationary period, but <laughs> come on, get it back together. Chris, been a while. Taporia for real. Rest of the card fell flat. Mm, don't really mm. know if I agree with That's that. A bit harsh, yeah. He likes Taporia versus the Volk Holloway versus Volk slash Holloway. So 
Maybe if Volk wins, it's Volk. If Yair wins, Holloway. I, I, can't, I have no interest in seeing Elite's Poirier fight Max Holloway. Not, Not right that now. I feel like it's, someday, someday. Why? Why yeah. before a title shot? He can easily fight Volk. Let's say he loses to Volk, and then oh, what's his what's his next fight after? You've told me that Max Holloway. It's perfect, beautiful, beautiful. He wins, gets right back on track, or he loses. It's fine. He's twenty six years old. Back-to-back losses to Volkanovski and Holloway are not going to ruin his career. He can build back from that. That Holloway fight is there in the future. It does not have yeah. to be now. It does not have to be now. If Teporia wins the title, he can fight Max Holloway. He can fight Max in Holloway. In a title defense. There you yes, go. he would love that. would love to give Max another title shot. No, Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. I know people are so mad about that booking. It's fine. Like, that's the, like this is this is what we need. This is, these are the fights. We're in fun fight territory with Max. We don't need, he doesn't need to fight for titles. Okay. I know, I get it. I understand that the trepidation in the fight, but I would rather just see Max and Kareem. Two guys want to fight each other. These two dudes want to fight each other. And it's not out of bad blood. They just want to have a scrap before Korean Zombie rides off into the sunset. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. bad with that. He likes Emmett versus, Emmett versus Caceres. All right. Now we're on like the complete opposite side of the spectrum. I dig it. Macy Barber versus the. How about this for news, AK, on Friday? Rose Namajunas versus Manon Fioro oh. going down at 125 in Paris. He likes, uh, Chris likes Barber versus the loser of that fight. The loser of that fight. Yes. Okay, good. I Yeah, I like, I thought about some, because I thought I was going to say just the winner, because I think if uh, Manon wins, she's, she's waiting for a title shot. I think if she beats, gets asked Rose Namajunas to her resume, she's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to fight anyone else. <laughs> I need that title shot now. Um but yeah, loser? Yeah. I do wonder if Rose... I, I, I still think... I know Rose is committed to 125, or she, sounds like she is. I still think if she loses, she might consider going back down to 115. It's possible. Uh, yeah. Allen versus the Duplessis Whitaker loser. Magni versus Randy Brown. Onama versus Emmers. This says Nam versus Nam, but I'm guessing it's Van versus Nam. I would Has- hope so. Hashtag uh, Van Nam. I love it. Hashtag Van. Okay. Uh, Tabitha Ricci versus Angela Hill. Like that fight. Oh, yeah. Rebeski right. versus the Grant Dawson, Demir Ismagulov loser. Whoa. I like that idea a lot, Damn, too. We're pretty high on this Rebeski, this young Rebeski man, aren't we? Again, a 15 fight win streak. It's, it's uh, pretty nice. Pretty nice. John, Mariscal versus Peak over and over again because that <laughs> <Yeah>. was awesome. <laughs> Run it back. Uh, Ricci versus Marina Rodriguez, AK. Uh, what's Marina doing right now? She's lost two straight, right? Yes. Damn. Man, remember when she was supposed to get a title shot? Or not was supposed to, but like we were all like, damn, just like. She, she, she probably should have got a title shot after she beat Mackenzie Dern. And then she had to fight like three more times. That's tough. That's wild. I don't mind that one. Mm-hmm. Rebecca versus McDessie. Brown versus Lee Jing Liang. Magni versus the Vicente Luque RDA winner. Allen versus Vittori. Onama versus Nerdin Becca. Barbara Murphy. Emmett of Loyev. I kind of think Emmett Avloyev is probably the direction we're going to go here. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. His last, the last pick, Ilya Teporia versus Ryan Hall until AK admits the fight actually happened. What fight? <laughs> what? I don't get. It. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get the moving on, moving on. That's, wait, that's so random. That's random. <laughs> uh, Jason. Brandon Allen versus Roman Delize. Onama versus Jordan. Taporia versus the loser. Volkanovsky Rodriguez. Emmett versus Ortega. 
CV, something like, hope Jacksonville treated you well this weekend. Here are my Otno picks. Brennan Allen versus the Sean Strickland, Abus Makamadoff winner. David Onama versus Edson Barboza. Good Lord. That is a fight. Drew Hilty. Got 11 early fight card, 3 p.m. on the West Coast as I'm sending this, and the whole day is ahead of me. Deporia Volk for the title. That's the only way he's getting a title shot. A Volk loss, and him and Yair have to run it back. Hopefully, hopefully the UFC doesn't UFC this and make him fight Max. Well said. Yeah. Macy Barber versus Caitlin Chukagian. Can she avoid getting chuked? The masses must know. What do you think about that idea? I don't mind that one. I like it also because I think Barber is at the point where she would win that fight. I, I, I like her odds in that fight. And again, um, again, I feel like she's one or two fights away. And I don't feel like she gets to skip over as impressed as I've been by a lot of her stuff. Um, I don't think we're at the point where like, oh, Macy Barber should skip should skip this contender, skip this contender. No, she needs to, she needs to fight some people. Lauren Murphy, Jennifer Maya, Caitlin Chukagian. They're all ahead of her and she, she should fight one of them. Onama versus Daniel Pineda. Damn, that's crazy fight. <laughs> Love that. Take the under. Take the under. Yep. Allen versus DDP because he's getting dusted by Whitaker. Wild card. <laughs> this is silly and Jenkins isn't ready for it. But Jenkins versus Edson Barboza. I want to see these dudes <laughs> kick each other in the legs until someone goes down. Oh, my. I could see that happen. Listen, Edson's in that range where I feel like they'll they'll match him up with anyone. It's just a, preferably someone in the top 20, but... If you're on a win streak, they'll probably throw it. It's Edson's a possibility. So, yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. To go from Don Shanus to Jamal Emers to Edson Barboza in three-fight stretch. Tough. Wow. That's crazy. Marcus, Taporia. Ver- no, this can't be right. I'm going back to this because we're going we're gonna to try to work on this together. i got to see what this Okay. All right. Uh, Josh Emmett versus oh, Arnold Allen. Macy Barber versus Jason Chastavisius. Don't hate that fight, but I feel like Macy, the way Macy just stouted Amanda Hebas, I don't think she's going back to fight Jess and Jess. No, Jess. she shouldn't have to. Rebeski versus Rafa Garcia, Brennan Allen versus Hamza Chimaev. Marcus has Ilya Taporia versus Michael Chandler. Uh huh. Is this like do you, do you understand this pick? I mean, this is just a this is just a assuming again. Um, if he doesn't want to wait, you know, worst case scenarios where. Volkanovsky again either loses and gets an immediate rematch or fights Islam and like Ily has to wait for six months. I see the logic behind it. I see the logic behind it. It's a super dangerous fight for Ilya. That's one reason not to take it. There's also the thought though that if he lost, let's say he lost a fight at lightweight to Michael Chandler, would that really kill his featherweight prospects? Uh, I think not to the matchmakers, but I get it. You want to keep him undefeated. You want to keep him. Because, um, you know, again, we're talking about a more ca- like a casual fan doesn't distinguish between like, oh, well, he lost at lightweight. It doesn't matter. No, they'll just see, oh, he's 14 and one now. And he lost to that guy that was supposed to fight Connor. Uh, so that's probably not a great look. But I understand. I don't think it's insane. I, I, I like the logic behind it because if if our if the logic does not prevail, Mike, Ilya will have to fight again. And I'm not sure who at 145 makes sense for him. So maybe chasing a chasing this sort of a high profile fight with Chandler could work out. I don't know. I mean, it's it's everything, Ilya Taporia. It's nothing for Michael Chandler. Like, nothing. That fight is nothing for him right now. Uh, I mean, if he wins, you know, again, take a guy zero away What does he gain from beating Ilya Taporia? Take, take, takes a zero. Takes a zero away from him. You know. He gains nothing from Chandler's that Chandler's a gamer. Actually, no, he's been pretty picky about his, uh, <laughs> his he uh, should UFC be. fights. He yeah. should be. Smart. He's a businessman. 
Yes. Tino Alvarez. Dumas versus Soriano rebook. Jenkins versus Lucas Alexander. Sydney. Chepi Mariscal versus the winner of Chris Duncan, Yanal Ashmoff, which either of mm-hmm. them would be another war similar to the peak fight. Joshua Van versus Steven Urseg. UFC Sydney. Tabitha Ricci versus Michelle Watterson. I like that fight. Brennan Allen versus Nasruddin Imovov. UFC Paris. David Onama. Bill Algio. Toby. Teporia versus Ortega in Spain. The UFC has to go to Spain. They have to go to Spain with Ilya Teporia. They I would do love it. that. I would love it. Spain is beautiful. Barbara Lauren Murphy. Onama Ricardo Ramos. Allen versus Hermanson. Magni Brown, Rebecki Selecki, Van versus Malcolm Gordon, Jenkins versus Padilla, Mariscal versus, I believe this must be Herbert Burns. Yeah, must be Herbert Burns. Oh, I said Burns, just as Burns. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Herbert. And this is interesting, AK. Josh Emmett versus Matt Frivola at 155. Uh, I said that one of the things that uh, Emmett might do should he lose on Saturday is maybe go up to again because go up to lightweight because obviously he'll be a bit undersized at 155. There's no question, especially some of the larger guys are just gonna it's gonna look a super ridiculous matchup. But um, you know, you get older, you you don't you, you certainly cannot love the cut down to 145, um, even though he is a even though it is an ideal weight class. So. If he decide, look, he's got. Listen, he said, "Go back, talk to my team." There's certainly no talk. Was no hint of retirement yet. If he just wants to, uh, you know, fight out what's left on his contract and then see what happens there, go take some fights. One fight, some fun fights at 155. Why kill yourself uh, to to cut to 145 at this point? He's fought a lot of the big names at 145 already. So if he can go back there later, he can't. He should. Uh, but for now, yeah, why not? Why not? Dab, why not dip his toes in the lightweight? I don't mind that. Gerard, Josh Emmett versus Sadiq Yusuf. Macy Barber, Caitlin Chikagan, Neil Magny versus the Fakratinov. Kevin Lee winner. That fight going down uh, this Saturday. Back at the hallowed apex. Yeah. Harry, Josh Van, Victor Altamirano, Jack Jenkins, Bill Algio, Mariscal versus Landwehr. Holy smokes. That fight would be ridiculous. Gabe Santos versus Weston Wilson when he inevitably gets murdered. Please let him get an effing win. Magni versus Nicholas Dalby. Yeah, Weston Wilson is in the UFC. Kike, Michael. I got the Michael out of this. Taporia's performance got me buzzing, my guy. I messaged AK before, I think through email, but decided to go on the gram this time. This is more of an AK-type message, but make sure to give me a point when this happens. Here's a journey, AK. In 2025, after Ilya club and subs then-champion Armin Sarukian and cements his status as a megastar, one beloved fighter will come out for one more swing and challenge Taporia for his title. His name is Dustin Poirier, giving the followers of AK what we all need but maybe didn't know until now. Hashtag Taporier for the lightweight strap. Serious match, but then he has a serious matchup. Uh, what a journey that is! It doesn't even to, sound to, that good. Just to get to, to the journey was to get to to to, to Poirier. <laughs> Hashtag to Poirier. <laughs> I, I, I want I, I that journey left me somehow exhausted and also unfulfilled. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Serious match. He goes serious matchup. Definitely want to see Tapori get title shot. Jack Jenkins versus Nerd and Becca. Would love to see how the technical Jenkins handles a powerhouse like Nerd and Becca and David Onama versus Ricardo Ramos. Thank you all for your picks. AK, you're up. Uh, did you read Tino Alvarez, Mike? 
He, did you I read, sure did. did. You, you did. Okay. He said he messaged you. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. I got I got Tino. I got Marcus as well. So, uh, guys, hey, yeah, feel free to send to both of us. I don't mind just to make sure we don't miss you. Yeah. I'll stick with Instagram too. Uh, Beans Extreme Memes. Uh, what do we got here? Toporia Arnold Allen, title shot eliminator. Please, no more young contenders to be fed to Max. But then you're just feeding two young contenders to each other. Is that better? I don't know. I just hmm. don't think Max, like, I don't think Max has to be the, hey, you can't get to Volk unless you beat Max guy. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think Max is that dude. I saw I saw New York Rick on Twitter saying like I don't why do we have to push guys like Holloway and Whitaker aside I'm like because they've had their chance push them aside I have no problem with it push them aside I'm all <laughs> I'm all for pushing people aside even though they're clearly the number two best person in the division I'm sorry this is a fight game <laughs> that might be cruel uh, Justin Taffa versus Mo Usman revenge for uh, for Junior Taffa sure that, that that makes a lot of sense uh, what else I don't want to I don't want to read too much stuff Rebeski Clay Guida. You know, I thought about Clay, Mike, for a lot of these, uh, for him and also for Chepe. But I think Clay, I would hope they don't use him as the, you know, they're not resigned to using him as the fight prospects guy. That's not where I want this to go. No. No? Okay. I'm not with that. Martin Grisham. What do we got here? We've got some rebookings. They're with me. Chepe versus Rebetsky. Yeah, listen, that was just the easiest thing to do. Van versus Jimmy Flick. I like that. Boy, I wonder if that'd be a loser leaves town fight for uh, for Jimmy. Uh, what else we got here? Rebook Tafa Lane. Yeah, I'm I'm for that. Barber versus Santos Blanchfield loser. Boy, either way, that's a huge step up, eh? That's a monster step up for Macy. Matt Bradbury, Jack Jenkins, Kyle Nelson, another Ricci Marina Rodriguez. Randy Brown, Elizu Zaleski, Dos Santos. Wait a minute, these two guys haven't fought. No way. Did I make this fight happen in my mind? <laughs> no, they never, no, nothing, never been messed up. That? Hey, good pick, good pick, uh, good pick, Matt. Uh, Brent Allen versus Vittori, yep, I'm down with that. Onama, Algio, Macy Barber versus, <laughs> I just have to read this. I am assuming this means Caitlin Chukagian and there's some weird autocorrect here. May, or, or Mike, if this is, you watch Contender Series more than I do, if this is a fighter I'm not aware of. Macy Barber versus Caitlin Sermonara? That's Chukagian. <laughs> How is that Chukagian? <laughs> that's that's her. Uh, that's Chukagian's married last name. You're lying. Kyle Kyle Seminara is her husband. How do I not know this? Because she doesn't call herself Caitlin Seminara. This does not even show up in her Wikipedia page. Did she recently get married? No, she's been married for a while, right? She got married right before UFC 244. That's a while ago. It. Or she was getting married like right after that. It was in 2019 or 20. Should I make yeah, this a doo-doo pick out of listen? Should I make, okay, it's in her Instagram. It is in, in parentheses her Instagram. So first of all, I will apologize to Caitlin and uh, her husband, by the way, for thinking that their name was an autocorrect. I do apologize. So Caitlin, uh, sure, Seminara. She might I I don't know if that's her legal name. She is Caitlin Trigian everywhere else, but obviously it is uh it is a real name. Um I'm angry. I don't know if I should be angry at Matt or I'm angry at myself for not knowing this, but uh, she's clearly billed as Caitlyn Jukagan literally everywhere. Yeah. I mean, look, it, we, we this happens all the time. Like, we just... Michelle Watterson's been married to her husband, Joshua Gomez, yeah, Josh, for a long forever. time. We just got... Yeah, we just yeah. got the Gomez added to her name. 
Matt, uh, I'm angry right now because uh, you, <laughs> you made me look like a fool. Uh, but also, I feel like I'm not the only – I don't feel like I'm completely the fool here. That is literally like, – that's just not her working name. That is not her professional name. Her professional name is Caitlin Jukagian. I should have remembered that she was married and that I should have known her her married name. But that – there's a sprinkling of doo-doo there. I'm very upset. Uh, and maybe – again, maybe it's, I need to deal with this in my own time. MMA heads, uh, Teporia Volkanovsky, Barber Murphy. That does feel like that's the fight that's going to happen. Mm, Brendan Allen, Hermanson. I feel like I thought that fight happened before, and then I had to look it up. I'm like, it didn't. Uh, Richie Watterson Gomez, we said, is good. Uh, Jenkins versus Nelson. Which Nelson are we talking about here? What's going on with my brain right now, Mike? It's probably Kyle. Kyle Nelson. That's right. Thank you. I, my God, my fellow Canadian. I should remember that. Uh, all right. I think that's it for Instagram. Let me jump on to Twitter. Let me check my email quick. Usually we get one there. Usually Tristan, our pal Tristan Gordet, likes to get in there. No, Tristan. You know what? Tristan, I hope you're enjoying your weekend. That's good. You don't need to be uh, fixated on uh, Otno all the time. Dedicated listener. Uh, let me read Dale Brooks first. One uh, First timer. Good evening, fellas. Dale from the UK. One of my first time picks. Rebook Allen versus Hermanson again. Oh, that's why I thought it was booked. Uh, Ilya versus Allen if rematch for a title is necessary. Okay, so some people don't mind the Arnold Allen fight. Barbara Chukagan, Rebecca, uh, Rebets, Rebets, Rebecca, Rebetsy, Rebetsy. I got a Rebetsky. Rebetsky, thank you. I had it at the beginning. I had it and then I lost it. Uh, Richie <laughs> Watterson Gomez, Van versus Sumadergy. Where's Sumadergy, Mike? Do we know? That's a great question. I have no idea. Has he? Did he just recently fight? I'm trying to think. I mean, this year he fought this year. Yeah, I think so, but not like super recently. He fought Manel Cobb, right? That was is that no? It was uh, yeah, not since that that friggin' insane fight with Matt Schnell. That was last time he's fought. Yeah. Well, oh wow, that was was almost a year ago. Okay, so uh, again, that was a war. You know, if he's recovering from the injuries from that fight, I don't blame. Uh, Phil Rowe versus just as Rowe versus Brown. Uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe he thought Phil Rowe won that fight. It was a split call, right? Yeah, I assume but... he means Randy Brown, not Matt Brown. You know what, Dale? It's your first time. Thank you for. It's probably. Uh, Randy. Oh, I didn't, I oh my god! I didn't even send him the welcome to the party, pal. There you go. Hold on. Yeah, I got to write this. I got to write this wrong. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, Bruce Willis, diehard Bruce Willis, welcomes you. All right, let's run through some of these quickly. I got, I got quite a few. Let's see. Seattle drew only one pick. I like this pick so much, but this man is booked. Uh, Trevor Peak versus Terrence. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. No, it's covered his bases. Seattle Drew says, Peak versus Terrence McKinney, win or lose, but I think a loss to uh, Nas is likely. So just wants to see Peak McKinney no matter what. That would be effing fire. Alex McAdam, Jenkins, Gabriel Santos, Chepe versus Daniel Zellhuber, Tabitha Ricci, Mackenzie Dern. Ken's a bit ahead of her in the rankings now. A bit? Yeah. A, a, a bit? <laughs> a bit ahead of her in the rankings, right? A bit. Rebetsky versus uh, Saint-Denis. Win, lose, or draw against uh, Ismail Bonfim, I think. Ismail. Randy Brown versus Kevin Holland. Win, lose, or draw against Chiesa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who did? Oh, I was thinking Nico. I somehow got Nico Price and Kevin Holland confused. You know, it happens all the time. Uh... <laughs> Neil Magny versus Sean Brady, Jack Della Maddalena, loser. Okay. Okay. I see that. I see that. I see that. Uh, Brennan Allen, Imavov. It's going to go for the winners here. Onama versus Charles Jordan. I love that matchup. I almost went with it. 
It's a good I one. almost went with it. I love that matchup. Uh, let's move on here. Because some of these just repeats. German. Uh, Brendan Allen versus Roman Delize. What's Oh, there. Delize is down at 25 now. Yeah. Mm. Brown versus Holland. Case of winner. So, okay. People, some people looking ahead to that matchup. Thanks, German. Thomas Collins. Ilya Pereira versus Volkanovsky. If he wins against a year, I see no other featherweight contender who could have the next title shot. Ilya is exciting and is deserving as they come. So, book the title fight. UFC, are you listening? This is basic logic. Just do it. Uh, David Onama versus Du Ho Choi. What a violent fight, Thomas Collins says. Gosh, that would be that would be nasty. Man, That'd what did Du Ho Choi do to you, man? <laughs> Jeez. Zach Schultes, uh, Toporia versus Ortega. I don't know why. I still want to see him more from Ilya. Also, I dislike Brian Ortega, so it'd be nice to see a beatdown. Yikes. Okay, well, listen, that's not why we make fights here and on to the next one, but... Uh, Emmett versus Ige 2. Okay. Barber versus Just uh, Yasdavish. Pretty much everyone else is booked. Okay. Again, I don't love it. Um, there's presented an alternative option there. Rebetsky versus Jai Herbert, no matter what, in London. Sure. Josh Van versus CJ Vergara. Salvador Loser, UFC 291. Another Chepe versus Kyle Nelson. Okay. All right. All right. Just got a few more here. Barry O'Reilly. Let's see. Let's start from the top here. Topuria versus Arnold Allen again. Should get the winner of a Volk was a year, but if Volk wins, he goes to Womptify to fight Makachev again. Well, if Yair wins, they do the rematch. So Ilya can stay busy with this number one contender fight. Uh, everything else I think we've already mentioned. Brendan Allen versus Paulo Costa if the Alaskara fight doesn't happen. Mike, is that fight... That's... that's. I mean, I know it was announced, but we're pretty it's, sure there's no... I, Costa's I mean, kind of being it's, weird it's about it's it. Uf, right? it's, it's UFC real, but... Uh-huh. I'm still not. I'm still not fully until I see both right. those guys actually in the cage. I don't believe that fight's happening. Yeah, we still. I, I could like be wrong. Should, this is like with no insight. This is just me being like trying to get inside the brain of Paul Costa. Right. Like, why would he take this fight? This makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Chepin Mariscal, Mike Davis, banger. Mike, how do you feel about this? Uh, Randy Brown, Mike Malott. It's a good one. Yeah, I think it's not too high for Mike at this point. You think it's the right range for Mike? I mean, Mike's not a spring chicken, so this is true. And really, can start giving him yeah, top twenty-five guys. Top yeah, 20 guys. I think I think he's I think he's right around there. I, I don't yeah. have an issue with that one. Uh, oh, I should have read Barry's comment. It would be rude, boy, not to make this fight happen, <laughs> as it is the proper matchup for these two. And then Barry says, oh, "I'm sorry. Yeah, you better apologize for that crap." Um, Elliot Tepore Ortega again from Four Corner Sports. Biggest fight he can get outside of fighting Max or Volk, but there seems to be some type of beef between Tepore and Ortega. I mean, Tepore just wanted the fight. I don't know how much there's of a beef there was, but uh, what do we got? Barbara versus Manuel Fioro if she loses to Thug Rose. Amanda Hibas versus Tracy Cortez. Rebook it. I didn't remember that was booked, but I'm into that. Uh, uh, Mike Neil Magny, Calvin Gaslam. Hmm. That would be the most middleweighty welterweight fight maybe in the history of the sport. <laughs> now, I lo- listen, I love the Gaslam Shafkat Rachmanov idea because that that's mm. the, I mean, literally that's that's the best fight Shafkat's going to be able to get right now. He ain't going to be able to get anything else and he's going to have to fight backwards and if you're going to have to fight backwards, you might as well take on the guy with the most name value that's actually going to fight you. So, Calvin Gaslam fight Shafkat. That's that's the one. I think that's the fight they're going to make. Mike, how do you feel about this one from Four Corner Sports? Trevor Peak versus Jim Miller. Four Corner Sports. Simmer on that for a second. Four Corner Sports says Peak technically still a newcomer. 
not I mean not technically he's a newcomer to, to say nine fights he fits in qualifying to fight for Jim Miller oh right because of my whole thing saying I want to see Jim Miller fight <laughs> like complete noobs uh, and who doesn't want to see another Trevor uh, Peak slobber knocker fight for this time with the UFC veteran Mike what are your thoughts Peak Jim Miller no he's thinking, he's thinking. no no I don't, I don't like it I don't like it because I think Jim Miller wins that fight. Like I oh, think definitely. Jim, I think yeah. I think Jim will win. Two to one favorite. Two to one favorite. Yeah, Jim will win, yeah. and then Trevor Peak. Like I don't even know if we. I don't even know if we'd get Trevor Peak would come out and just start swinging his hand, like his ass off, but Jim eventually is going to just take him down, and tap him right, like quickly. I don't. I don't even think that fight's fun. I mean, it could be because it's Trevor Peak, but I feel like Jim. Like would have him figured out real quick and tie him in a pretzel, real fast. So, no, not no. I don't like it. Uh, Trevor okay, has no, to I, like, dude. You you can sure. be fun, but you have to win. You have to be able to win a fight or two. And yeah. not saying not saying Trevor is no chance, but that's just a terrible stylistic matchup for him and a guy with way too much experience. We need to just get Trevor in there with like just fun dudes. Terrence like Terrence McKinney's a great idea. I love that. Terrence McKinney, win or lose in his next fight with with, with Sadikoff. Just chuck those two guys in there. Like, that's super fun. That's super fun. Uh, I'll go to Hayes third now. Uh, he, he he has Brendan Allen. He didn't really make a pick for him, I don't think. He just said, it looks like Allen joins Gerald Mearshart on the list of better strikers than Alex Pereira since they dropped Silva and Alex Pereira didn't. So, <laughs> listen, that's good math. And they train together, right? So they're good friends. So listen, they they know the secret. Gerald Mearshart was there. I saw Gerald Mearshart. He was there. G- gave, him a, uh, gave him a hug. I haven't seen Gerald in a long time. Uh, we, Neil- we did the, the, the handshake into the hug thing. Aww. He was in Brennan's corner. Yeah. Good to see Gerald Mearshart. Uh, he'll be fighting in Boston. Uh, Neil Mag- uh, Hayes, I say this about Magni. I want to give him a chance to fight up, but I can't really find anyone in a lot of processed books. So here's my idea. I think as you and Mike have talked about, oh, dear. Uh, oh, Bilal no. might need another win with how drawn out the potential Leon Coley fight is. If you're Bilal, why wouldn't you take this fight that you should be able to win decisively and try to go for a big finish just to keep your name out there? Obviously, Magny's a tough opponent, but it looks as though Bilal is a level above at the moment based on recent fight results. Seems like a good idea for all parties? Question mark? My question mark. Not to, not Hayes. No. <laughs> what? Can you imagine if Bilal Muhammad's title fight hopes were derailed by Neil Magny? Can you imagine... It would be, it would be really funny. I mean, it would just be hilarious. Look, Bilal is going to have to fight again. There is just, I don't know. The way things are kind of playing That's out right saying. now. So is that terrible? Is that a terrible suggestion? Yeah, it's a terrible suggestion. <laughs> no, no, we're not Sorry, doing Ace. that. No, we're not doing that. Look, I, I get where you're coming from. I think, I think we're looking at Bilal's situation in a dire way, and I think we should. I think if you're Bilal Muhammad, you cannot be confident your next fight's going to be for the belt. However, watching how this is all playing out in real time between Hamzat probably going to 185 and Connor being in the position he's in right now where everything is up in the air, I feel like Bilal could probably get a title fight at this point, but... We just have to wait and see how these other dominoes fall. We have to wait and see. Like if they, if we somehow get an answer that Hamzat's fighting Kamara Usman at welterweight in Abu Dhabi, then Bilal is screwed. There's no chance he's getting a title fight. And if we find out Connor's fighting Michael Chandler 
in December at welterweight. Connor, the probably the winner of that fight, jumps Bilal Muhammad. So, I mean, as long as none of those things happen, Bilal is probably going to get the winner, the winner of Leon versus Colby. And uh, then he probably needs Leon to win because Colby's going to just do the prize fighting thing as he as he damn well should. God, I feel like Bilal's like never going to fight for the belt. I just I don't know. Maybe he does fight Neil Magny. Let's do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, and maybe listen. Maybe that's how Magny. Listen, I, I hope I, I want to see Bilal fight the title. Maybe Magny beats him and he gets a title shot. Neil what Magny gets a title shot. Oh well, just God. what a reward. He's the, he's the UFC welterweight record holder for wins, career wins. Twenty one. He picked up number twenty one. He extended his record on uh, Saturday. Twenty one wins a welterweight. Let's. That's, he's the Jim Miller of of welterweight, right? And you know, we all wish Jim Miller had gotten a title shot, but. All right, I just that would more be hit. that would be the funniest. I mean, that would literally be the funniest thing ever. Poor Bilal. And then Poor Ian, Bilal. And then Neil Magny versus Ian Machado Gary for the welterweight title. The call out comes back full circle. There you go. UFC would wow. love it. Jeez. Uh, go all right, I got a couple. Just a couple more. Chris Martin calling this the bad Duval crowd edition. So there you go. I listen, everyone's a critic. Uh, uh, Ilya, winner of your Volk, Emmett Movsar. I think Emmett has moved into gatekeeper to the title shot position. Evloyev is the next up and comer, ready to make a case for a spot in the top of the rankings. Sorry, Josh, it's harsh, but uh, probably true. Uh, with me, uh, with Barbara, Jennifer Maya, Onamo Jordan, Brendan Allen versus Marvin Vittori for the middleweightiest middleweight battle. Let's not go back with that discussion. Uh, what else? Anything here I want to point out? No, let's end with Dax at Pike Putt, who was also critical of the crowd. So maybe because. Uh, Dax says he was there, and he said so. A few of those fights really lulled the crowd to sleep. Though, Mike, you said the same thing. You did say that some of the fights were not like it just wasn't universally well received. But listen, some of the fights were bad, and the fans reacted badly. Uh, I think Emmett could go on a Legends tour at lightweight. Mike, starting with how do you feel about Josh Emmett and Jim Miller? That I'm that I'm fine with. Yeah, let's do that. I like that. I kind of like that. Who's this? Oh, no. who, who, who is this? This is Dax. This is Dax. At PikeBud on Twitter. Or Dax. Dax, great job. Yeah, I like this. This is why I saved Dax for last year. Uh, Onama versus uh, Julian Erosa. Sure. Uh, and this is this is an interesting one. Um, Brendan Allen. I, I, I can't remember if you mentioned this. I'm sorry if, if I missed it. Uh, Brendan Allen, Sean Strickland rematch if Strickland wins uh, next Saturday. Uh, Brendan Watson. Yeah, timing might be, he's he's mentioned it a, a a few times, right? Yeah, he called for it. Yeah. Yeah, he called for it uh amongst the thirty seven other things he called for. He John Strickland was on that list. You just made the list. The timing is right and would produce assuming Sean Strickland wins, would produce an extremely unlikely number one contender, but worthy, but worthy at that point, because if Sean Strickland wins and he beats Brendan Allen, he would have three that would be three straight. That'd be the win over Avis, that'd be sorry, Imavov, then Avis and then Brendan Allen. And again, I hate the guy. I think he's like a, just a total dirtbag. Um, but he has some sort of connection with the MMA fans. You know, you guys can do the math there. Uh, and UFC would be fine, I think, with giving Strickland a title shot. But they might want to tell him to chill out on social media a little bit. If but he, that would give you a title contender. If Sean Strickland wins on Saturday, is he firmly in the driver's seat right now to fight Israel Adesanya for the title? God, I hope. God, I hope not. But like we said, we just to be, said. Right? We just said, what are the other options, right? What are the other options? Ken Nier, who we already fought. 
Brandon. I like Brandon Allen, but for some reason, I just feel like they wouldn't slot him in. I just don't feel like he's in pole position, though. Based on the resume, maybe he should be. Why would he, yeah, he's not going to fight Brandon Allen. That fight does nothing yeah. for him right now. Strickland, Sean Strickland I, would would sell the shit out of it, and, and Izzy even has, in a disgusting way, he would Izzy do has it. mentioned Strickland before. Izzy, Izzy is aware of Strickland's uh, candidacy. Let's yep. put it that way. He's mentioned Strickland before, and that's mean that means a lot to the UFC. The UFC pays attention to that stuff. So. Uh, I do like the idea of Allen and Strickland rematching, um, even though, God help us, if Strickland beat Allen again, it could actually lead us to a Strickland UFC title shot. Uh, I kind of ended on a somber note there. Anyway, but as I say, I'd be happy for Brent Allen to get that fight and get that opportunity. So, uh, at Alexander K. Lee on Twitter, at Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram, alex.lee at sbnation.com. That's where you can send me pics. Mike? Uh, M underscore heck JR on the IG. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, so right now, this is not a like. Look, this is not the best card in the world. However, it's not early day MMA. It's not late night MMA. It's just day here? MMA. We're what right time? smack in the middle. Four p.m. Eastern prelims. Uh, Seven yeah, p.m. Yeah. Eastern main card. Yeah, that's kind of a that's like that's the sweet spot. That's where every one of these Apex cards should be. Four p.m. Seven p.m. That's how it works. Sean Strickland, Abus Magomedov, the main event at 185 pounds. The co-main event, Demir Ismagulov against Grant Dawson, big one at 155. We got Max Griffin versus Michael Morales, Ariane Lipsky versus Melissa Gatto, Benoit Santini versus Ishmael Bonfim. A lot of people excited to see Ishmael Bonfim back in there. Uh, Bruno Ferreira is back. He will take on Nurse Sultan Riz. Ruza Boef. I don't know who that is, but he's got a he ton is a of newcomer. Fights. Yeah, wasn't Bruno? What was the? Wasn't he? Oh, he was rumored to fight Al Hassan. Okay, that's right. That did filter. Right. I was, I was like, because you mentioned, I'm like, wait, Bruno Ferreira's fighting this newcomer that I'm not familiar with. Okay, sure, sure. We also, AK, have the UFC return of Kevin Lee taking on Renat Fakratinov. Wow. Yeah, Yana. That's got to end up. That's got to yeah. end up on the main card, right? Or do you think that they're going to keep it featured? Do you think they're going to feature the featured prelim? That is the featured prelim, I believe. As of right now, that could change. I, uh, I, it's even I on the website. That, that. That, that can't be finalized. For a division that is no longer existing, apparently we're getting a women's featherweight matchup Stop between Yana no, Santos not. and Carol no, Posa, AK. Why yes. You, Mike, you promised, you promised when we started the show you would not lie to America. I mean, I'm just you looking at what I see like, right you, here. You can't just say stuff like that, that there's a supposedly a featherweight fight. This is probably fight. No, there's not. <laughs> That's Yana not Santos a thing. even put it out there. She tweeted out. She goes, unfortunately, my opponent can't go, but we got a new one, and we're moving up a weight. Remember? Okay, okay, okay. They're doing it, they're doing it because she was supposed to fight someone else at 135. She was supposed to fight Macy Chason. She was supposed to, and that was a 135. Yes. Okay. All right. You know what? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Feel, you feel it's better okay. now? Short this is notice? just a bantamweight. This is just a bantamweight fight where they're not cutting weight. Okay. All right. <laughs> You scared me. I'm like, what's going I mean, on? Like, it's, did... still, it's being contested in featherweight. It is a featherweight. Yes, it is legally a featherweight fight. We have Ivana Petrovich versus Luana Carolina. We have Joe Anderson Brito against Weston Wilson. Boy, I, I've i interviewed Weston Wilson a couple times. Nice dude. But boy, is this going to be a tough one for him. Uh, we got heavyweighty heavyweights, AK. I mean, this is the definition. We might have to create a new belt. Alexander Romanov against Blagoy Ivanov. That is the second fight of the card. Whoa, he's just buried on the prelims? And guess who's starting the main card? Or guess who's starting? Who, who, 
This is the curtain jerker, AK. I can't even. I can't Guram guess. Guram Kutantaladze. Oh, he's back. Is in the curtain jerker. He's taking sure. on Elvis Brenner. That is the first fight of the night. Probably the um, 17th best lightweight in the world is, is the curtain jerker for this card. This is a strange card. It's very strange. Is that strange. fair to say? It's a strange card. It feels very um, Eurasian. Is that fair? It's like, this is a... Yeah. Is this... What like is this a time zone thing? It's 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 head. You know, we got Magomedov in the main event, Esmagulov from Kazakhstan. Um, what else we got? We got a lot. Like there's a Michael lot Morales. of uh, Ruzibov from Uzbekistan, Fakhrutinov Russia, uh, Romanov's from where's Romanov from again? Romanov's from Moldova. We got France from Georgia. This is a hell of a. This is a hell of a like. Was it even helping? Even as Bulgarian, Bulgarian. Wow, this is this is an internet. This, this is a, a representation it, on here. <laughs> it's International Fight Week. We're just about. We're knocking on the door for International Fight Week. So Don Davis, get it. that graphic ready. Uh, 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 UFC Vegas seventy six. Is this seventy? Is seventy six? Seventy six. Seventy six. Eighty percent Eurasian because this is. This is wild. This is like okay. This is time zone. Is this gonna like play really well over there? Like in that over in that side of the world? This is this is crazy. I'll tell you what. And look, I, I don't want to like put negativity out in the world. Maybe it's just mm. me being selfish and tired. <laughs> this one lost two fights. I think we're right in the sweet spot. This is a the, the, you give me this card with ten fights at the same start times. I think we got something here. Like I think this would be a a, a tremendous thing. But 12 fights, I'm not going to complain about that. Not going to complain about the start time. It's a very strange and weird card, but AK and I will be back next week to recap it all from a matchmaking perspective, and then we get you ready for UFC 290, International Fight Week, and just a very busy time in the combat sports world. So thank you very much. We appreciate you joining us. Back next week, UFC Vegas 76 matchmaking. Thank you for joining us. And always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have more fun right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.